Welcome to the CSRG Podcast. My name is Keanu. And my name is Chris. A little bit about us, I'm an A-class open shooter and Keanu is a master-class limited shooter. The Competitive Shooting Resource Group is a brand new startup and this podcast is a place for us to talk competitive shooting and to have a place to talk about our platform. At CSRG, we're trying to redefine recreational shooting from the local shooters to national champions by bringing in a new aspect of data analytics and gamification. All right, so this being our first podcast, um, and fittingly enough, we're about to leave for the South Carolina sectional, which is the Battle of the Beaches, ironically, in North Carolina. Um, we're leaving tomorrow night. Um, it is currently Wednesday night. So we figured for our first topic, we would talk about major match prep and what actually goes on um, shooter-wise outside of sh- the actual shooting itself, um, you know, how to take care of yourself during a major match. So I think we're, we're going to start with the weeks leading up to the match because really your major match prep starts, you know, a, a week or two before the match. And that includes from like, you know, checking your gear to hydrating yourself and all that stuff. So when we kick off with that, um, Chris, what do you do for ammo? Yeah, so I'm actually going to tell you what not to do because that's what I'm currently doing right now. Um, I've just loaded up 700 rounds of Montana Golds for my open gun. Um, they actually have not been chronoed yet. So uh, what I'm currently doing right now is that I'm case gauging all my ammo right now. And I'm also plunk testing any of the ammo that doesn't currently gauge in my shock bottle hundo. Um, what I'll do is I'll also check for high primers, probably about... One in ten rounds, just to make sure that the press hasn't gone out of alignment with my primer seating. Um, and then, so tomorrow, what my goal is is I'm going to actually zero my gun, get my ammo chronoed, uh, to make sure that I'm making power factor. Because the last thing that you want is to either go minor if you're shooting a major power factor class or division, um, or to go sub minor because it would suck to go to a major and actually have your not score count, or to have all of your charlies be two down instead of just one. Do you want to tell everyone how you're shooting a load that you haven't really tested either? Oh, yeah. So uh, I've been shooting blue bullets of practice these days. Um, I've got a load that's probably about 169 power factor, but uh, I've eyeballed a load for my Montana Gold. So hopefully they'll chrono um, and they'll make power factor. But if they don't, I'll just be shooting blue bullets at this particular match. Um, Speaking of chrono, though, uh, if you're shooting factory remanufactured ammo, I do suggest you get that chronoed as well because I've seen some manufacturers... Uh, whose ammo doesn't meet the, the velocity that's actually advertised. So you just want to make sure to get that checked because, uh, again, it'd suck to go sub-minor if you're shooting production with uh, factory reman ammo. Yep, especially with certain remanufactured um, rounds. Um, I've seen a lot of inconsistency in the loads. Um, I, I had a friend who didn't make minor at, a, at his first ever major match, which was the 2017 Delmarva sectional. So you just want to be sure that what you're buying and what you're shooting is actually going to make power factor. Um, unlike Chris, I actually take care of my ammo at least a week beforehand. Um, <laughs> must be nice. Yeah, it must be nice being smart. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I load all my ammo up, um, at least like the bare minimum for the match, um, plus another couple hundred, at least the week before. And I have everything case gauge. Anything that, anything that doesn't gauge, I just throw in the practice bin, um, or anything I know won't fit in the chamber. So like anything where, where the hundo gauge I have to like press down really hard into the case. That's definitely a no-go for that round. Um, but any, anything that drops in and out freely or really will just kind of just push in with a slight, um, like a really gentle push into the gauge, I throw, I chalk it up as fine. I haven't had any issues doing that so far. Um, I did do what Chris did one time though for the 20, for this, this year, the 2018 Florida State Championship. And I switched from 180s to 165s uh, for 40. Um, and I, sh- I shoot a uh, 40 caliber Atlas Titan, um, by the way, if, for what it's worth. Um, so they have KKM barrels too, and they're pretty tight. 
Um, the STI barrels, I have an edge as well as my backup gun. My ammo is definitely way, way more uh, quality controlled now that I shoot a tighter gun. My STI would eat about anything, but the KKM's been a little bit more finicky. Um, and that was a little bit of a uh, learning curve for me yeah. when I first got it. So I was having to pry my gun open sometimes when I first got it. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, so I, I did use Florida as a testing ground for my 165 green ammo. And I kind of chroned it at once and then just put more powder in and then called it good. <laughs> I made power factor just fine by nice. a good bit. By wow. uh, I chroned it at like 175. So Ooh, some spicy ammo. I, I wouldn't do that. Definitely load all your ammo and just shoot ammo that you know is going to work and you're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, I would not use a major match as a testing ground for a new load. Yeah, and I do recommend, again, doing the plunk test in your barrel as well. Um, so actually, I think my Atlas, the chamber is actually a lot more forgiving than the shock bottle is. And so if something doesn't particularly gauge in the shock bottle, I'll also just check my barrel real fast. And if it if it plunks fine and it spins freely, I'll throw it into my match ammo as well. Yeah. So for those of you who don't use case gauges, the case gauges are always made exactly to spec. Um, so they're always going to be more forgiving than chambers because chambers are always going to have a little bit more slop to them mm -hmm. than a shock bottle um, hundo gauge or even like an EGW gauge, something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, so if it fits in the gauge, it's going to fit in the gun. But if it fits in the gun, it might not always fit in the gauge. Mm -hmm. So the gauge should always be the bare minimum. And any round you're not sure of, you should definitely plunk test or just throw in a practice spin. Yeah. So then moving on to gun prep. So again, the weeks before. Uh, so one thing that I'll do is I'll zero my gun. Um, I usually try to zero my gun at least once a month, uh, before even before a local match. Um, I've got a little bit of a... What's the right way to put it? I'm sometimes wary of my dot going out of zero every once in a while, so I'll just make sure that my point of impact is the same as my point of aim. Um, again, my process is a little more complex than Canada since I am shooting open. Um, one thing about my open gun is that it eats shock buffs like candy. Um, so what I'll do is every 500 rounds, I'll flip my shock buff to the other side so it gets beat in the other direction. But before a major, I'll actually just switch to a new one, a brand new shock buff, and uh, make sure the gun's oiled up uh, and clean. And then I'll clean my optics and make sure that my batteries are replaced in my optics. So I'm shooting a Delta Point Pro right now. I'm at about the year mark with this optic. So I want to make sure that I'm changing the battery tonight and making sure that it stays on, you know, a sustained period of time. Because the worst thing to happen to be to find out that the battery fails. You know, I got a dud of a battery or whatnot. So I'm going to, you know, test it for the next couple of days. And I'm also going to make sure I'm bringing extra batteries to the actual match. So um, what about you, Keanu? And what, what things do you do to make sure your gun's running for the Not match? half of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I field strip the gun. I clean it. I lube it. Um, I call it good, and I don't check zero. I don't do any of that. Um, I'll you know I'll I'll do a little bit better cleaning than usual. Mm. Um, I only clean before majors, uh, but I'll scrub the chamber um, because those get those get pretty foul sometimes. And um, I know with rifles, I've had issues with failures to extract mm. with dirty chambers. So I'm always meticulous about keeping the chambers clean. The barrels themselves, I don't really clean. Um, polymer coated bullets tend to be pretty, pretty forgiving on barrels mm -hmm. as far as cleanliness and, uh, and fouling goes. But other than that, I pretty much just clean the gun, get it squared away, make sure it works. Um, any issues I've had at a match beforehand, I'll make sure I addressed way before the major mm -hmm. and make sure whatever needs to get fixed is fixed. Um, cause the last thing I want is, you know, a constant failures to extract, failures to feed or something like that happening with my gun. And for magazines, um, magazines don't come into my range bag unless I know they're clean. So if they've hit the ground at any point in time during a match, outside of indoor matches, I I clean the mags pretty meticulously. So I keep a chamber brush on me all the time. 
and I just scrub the crap out of the magazine tube. I clean the spring, but I don't replace the springs either. Once a year, that's it. Mm-hmm. Usually, when you start having issues, right? I mean, no, every no. like every December, every okay, November, uh-huh. December. So like after my last major, I'll toss all the magazine springs mm-hmm. in, throw new ones in, and then just call it good. Um, nice. Uh, do you replace your followers every year too, or no? I keep no. the same followers. Um, I probably should, maybe every few years, but mm-hmm. the they, they seem to work fine. So nice. I uh-huh. haven't I haven't been shooting in twenty eleven long enough to yeah <laughs> to see to see the difference in a follower. Uh-huh. Um. But other than that, like, I just make sure the magazines fit in my gun. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't, like, you know, I haven't had any feeding issues with it. But I keep a set of practice mags and match mags. So my match mags are way fresher than the practice mags. Yeah. Um, they're not as beat up or anything like that. And I do check the uh, gauge mm-hmm. for every single magazine I'm bringing to the match, too. So even my practice mags, I'm going to gauge because in case something happens with my match mags, I have backup mags. Yeah, and so for me, I don't have to worry about the gauge as much. So actually, my 170 mag is using the MBX IPSC pads. Um, so that gives you about probably about a millimeter or two extra space in the gauge. But they've also changed the rule recently, where you can apply pressure on the mag now. Yeah, light, gauge. light pressure to mm-hmm. address the variable of the follower or something like that. Yeah, unlike Keanu, I actually don't clean my mags as much as he does. Um, uh, I'm probably cleaning my mags probably once through a major match, unless it's particularly dusty or muddy. Um, at Area 5, it was pretty much sand throughout all the bays, like really fine dirt, and I actually only ran into problems at probably Stage 11, where I had a, fail, a failure to feed, and that's when I was cleaning my mags pretty much. Um, with the MBX pads, it's a little harder. It's really annoying to kind of pop the pads off. I know Keanu, you're using the Dawson's, which are a lot nicer to clean the mags. Yep. It's the only reason why I won't use MBX or Terrans. But that Limcat mag well, though, man. <laughs> I'll just deal with sucking at reloading, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too bad. So yeah, again, you know, one thing you do want to make sure is your magazines are working for the match. Yeah, especially like, for 2011s, mm-hmm. like magazines are crucial. Um, but for really any self-loading handgun, the magazine is going to be the biggest point of failure on the gun. Mm-hmm. So you really want to make sure all your magazines work. And any magazine that don't work, you want to fix or you just want to not use. Yeah, one thing I also check with all the magazines that I do get is that they drop freely out of all my guns. I've seen mags, especially for 2011s, that'll stick. So usually the tolerances are just a little bit off. And then the worst thing that can happen is having your mag stick in a match where you've got to actually grab them and rip them out of your gun. So just make sure that they drop free, that they feed correctly, um, and that they fit the gauge. So Yeah. Um, last thing probably uh, for your match prep is don't forget your gun. Uh, Keanu's done this before and he just doesn't hear the end of it from us. Uh, I think this was Area 8 last year. Yep, Area 8, I <laughs> left both of my guns in my car on my neighborhood street and then hopped in my friend's car. Took my ammo, took my belt, did not bring anything else with me. So you want to make sure you have your guns. So now whenever I load my friend, uh, I load a car, whether it's my own or my friend's, I'll double check. All my guns are in there. Yeah. All my ammo's in there. All my mags are in there. And I'm going with all the stuff I need to a match. So definitely bring your stuff. It helps to complete a match doing that. Yeah. So actually after this occasion, I actually moved away from a match or a gun bag. So what I use now is are sleeves that go directly in my match bag. Yep. So there's no way that I'll bring my match bag without any of my guns. So definitely. Well, you just forget the whole match bag like me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. But luckily, you got. I think Adam from Atlas Gunworks lent you a gun for that one. Yeah, right? he lent me so. a gun, and so he, he got me squared away with that, and I got a courtesy chrono, so it wasn't too big of a deal. That's um, nice, yeah. yeah. Um, Again, what um, about your range bag, speaking of which? Oh, what goes in that? Yeah, so my range bag actually stays pretty simple. Um, all my mags usually stay in my bag. I'll carry a mag brush. Um, I'm using the GPS handgunner right now, 
there's no space for the for the I think it's the Arredondo that I'm using right now. It's kind of long for a mag brush. Yeah. There's no pocket that actually holds it, so you'll see it sticking out of my bag. So if you see me at a major and you need to borrow a mag brush, just look for the bag where the mag brush is sticking out of, and that's probably mine. Uh, again, shooting open, I'll always actually carry lens wipes. This is both for my iPro and for my optics because shooting blue bullets, the optic will get really cloudy after about 100 rounds. So what I'll do in a major is probably every two or three stages, I'll wipe my optics. Um, aside from that, I'm usually carrying a extra parts kit, and this parts kit is really just an extra recoil spring, a ton of shock buffs, and uh, I guess I'm also carrying lube there as well, some Loctite and uh, Allen keys, and mostly Allen keys for my race masters. Every once in a while, they'll kind of come out of alignment with the screw, so I just got to tighten them down to get rid of the wobble. Um, yeah, I know a lot of a lot of shooters right now they're using Pro Grip. Uh, or liquid grip, but I actually use regular climbing chalk, um, and I've got it in a black diamond Mondo bag, which allows you to fold the chalk bag over three or four times before actually clasping it shut, so I don't get any chalk spill like some people have had. Um, other than that, sunscreen. Uh, I've got some pretty bad skin issues, and sunscreen is something that I've got to bring, especially during the heat of the summer, uh, to make sure I'm not getting sunburned, especially for a multiple day match. Can you imagine getting sunburned on the first day and then having to go through days two or three. Oh, I got sunburned walking the stage. Uh, well, my feet got sunburned walking the stage oh, from wearing boat shoes in Mid-Atlantic. So, uh -huh. yeah, I, I understand completely. Yeah. Uh, in my match bag, I'll also carry extra socks. Um, I've At least in Virginia, we get a lot of rain uh, during the first couple months of the season. And so usually I've got wet feet by the end yeah. of the match. So it's always nice to just have a change of socks. It's never been from the rain for me. It's always been from mud. Like uh, mud and puddles. Uh -huh. Yeah, um, I'll, I usually just bring, like, what's always in my bag, so I have a pair of shooting sunglasses, a pair of clear glasses, um, I have my my main gun, my backup gun, I have all my magazines in the range bag, um, I have a couple of rags, I have a clean rag, which I use, um, I don't even know why I have that, but I have a clean <laughs> rag and I have a dirty rag. Doesn't hurt, And right? I use a dirty rag for wiping my gun down or if or wiping my hands if uh, I have to get any mud off or anything like that. And I keep a bottle of uh, liquid grip. Um, I keep sunscreen for sure because that's like paramount, um, especially if you're gonna spend a lot of time outside. Um, I'm I'm darker than most people, but I still don't want to get skin cancer. I still don't like sunburn because, and I will sunburn mm -hmm. eventually. Yeah. Um, and I also I also uh, keep allergy medicine, so I keep Claritin uh -huh. um, in my in my range bag as well as some Sudafed. Oh, nice. Uh -huh. So that way, um, especially during springtime, comes around here and the the ponds, mm -hmm. you know, crazy. It, it helps a lot. Yeah, and usually, at least not in my match bag. Uh, at least during my travel bag, uh, I'll carry the Alpha Grill Sports Dry Fire targets. Yeah, um, those things are just really helpful to have as you're traveling. You can just stick on any of the walls in your hotel room or your Airbnb. It'll peel right off without any, you know, residue, or it's not going to peel the paint off the walls. So, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of them. I I have one sheet that I leave in my travel bag, and I always have uh, to bring around uh, when I go travel for hotels. And then I'll just post, you know, a few, you know, two or three up, mm -hmm. do some reloading, do some a little bit of movement, and do a little bit of draws and stuff like that. Nothing too crazy. I just try and keep the dry fire light the night before the mm -hmm. match. Yeah, but, you just want to really just kind of warm up, uh, make sure your fundamentals are tight. So. You don't want to go too crazy. The worst thing you could do is, you know, hurt yourself or tire yourself out the night before a match. Mm, break, uh, smash your finger with a magazine yeah. missing a reload. Yep, <laughs> especially with a one pound 2011 mag. Yep, that would do it. That'd be terrible. What about your dry fire leading up in like the week before the match? Yeah, the week before, um, I'm really just trying to keep it consistent. Uh, there's 
really you you really don't want to be changing too much in your dry fire routine or even your overall shooting technique. Um, it's very similar to golf. You usually don't want to try to fix your problems on a day of a of an actual outing. And so what I'll do is I'll just work on things that are fundamental. So again, trying to get a good grip, uh, working on my reloads and working on sight picture. Uh, what I usually find that I'm lacking on at these matches is usually my response time to the timer. So I'll usually always just keep an eye out for, you know, drawing the gun fast with a good grip. Um, but again, you want to keep it consistent. You don't want to change it up. Um, I, I posted something on Instagram the other day where I said that I was practicing my scoop draws and Keanu was like, dude, what are you doing? Are you changing up your draw before a major? And I was like, no, I've been doing this for a couple of months, but it's, you know, it's a good thing to remember to keep it consistent. You don't want, you're not trying to change the game before you go shoot a major match. Yeah. And for me, I do the exact same thing. I just try and keep everything consistent from what I've been practicing for the last um, couple weeks. Because the way I do dry fire practice is like I'll, I'll focus on one or two things really hard for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll just let, and I'll just work on those and I'll switch to something else and I'll come back to them. Um, so I'll, I just try and keep everything consistent. I'll, I'll do what I've been doing um, in the week before a major match. I don't try and change anything up. I don't try and learn a new, new technique or, or um, you know, learn to reload a gun differently mm -hmm. or, you know, learn a different form of movement, learn you know, different kinds of wide transitions and stuff like that. I just try and keep practice consistent mm -hmm. um, so at least I can focus on what I know I can do, not what I want to be able to do. Yeah, again, these major matches are all about consistency. Yeah. I just want to be consistent throughout the match because, you know, you're sh usually shooting probably about 10 stages on average at a major match, usually more. And, you know, that's a lot of points throughout the day. So the worst thing you could do is, you know, to be not consistent for that for that day. Yeah. So then now that you have all your stuff squared away, um, it's a day before the match and you arrive at the range to walk the stages. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you do in particular? Um, so the one thing that I do during my walkthroughs is, is actually I'll take video usually if it's a more complex stage just to kind of keep my my mental imagery of what the stage looks like in person. But the one thing you got to do is to make sure you're getting RO approval before you walk the stage. Um, this will be match dependent and it's usually coming out of the matchbook where it'll give you a section for what is actually acceptable and not acceptable during your walkthroughs the day before. They'll also give you a time schedule for when the RO's be on the range, you know, what your etiquette should be. But Overall, uh, general etiquette is don't touch the targets or any activators uh, while you're actually watch, walking the stages. Yep. And uh, definitely put sunscreen on when you walk the stages during the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got sunburned, like I was telling Chris, mm -hmm. the day before Mid-Atlantic, and it wasn't fun on my ankles and my feet. I bet, yeah. So, like, definitely prepare yourself for being outside. Don't be stupid. Mm -hmm. um, it's a pretty basic thing, but it's a, it goes a long way. Yeah, again, if, if it's, you know, the middle of summer, don't wear your jeans out with, you know, a hoodie because it's going to get really hot really fast. Um, also during your walkthroughs, it's, you know, you're really looking for target presentation, especially the day before. So don't go nuts with trying to run from position to position while you're doing the walkthroughs. Cause again, it's going to tire you out before you're actually shooting. Yeah. Find what you need to find, um, and then walk through a little bit, but I wouldn't get too aggressive with it. Mm -hmm. Um, because you, you, your stage plan could very well change. And for me more often than not, my stage plans have always changed a little bit mm -hmm. on the actual day of the match versus you know, the day I walk the stages. Yeah. Um, and then, so in the, again, the day before, usually you get to the range pretty early, but then you're up to lunchtime, even dinner time. Uh, so for food, Keanu, do you have any particular tips or tricks you like to do when it comes to food before the match? Um, pasta, chicken, vegetables. Um, I just try and eat a good bit of grains, um, mm -hmm. carbs, and then vegetables. And then I try and avoid heavier meats like 
steak, any any red meat I try to eat less of. Mm-hmm. So, um, like steak, I made that mistake once, and I yeah. don't want to do that again. Um, I just felt <clears throat> I just felt bogged down the day, the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like a lighter protein, like chicken or fish, even yeah, make sure the fish is you know not bad, fresh, yeah. fresh fish. Yep. Um, so yeah, I just try and carb load for the most part. Um, veggies, carbs, light light on the lighter on the protein than I usually am. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also make sure I'm drinking a lot of water the day before. Um, and of course, of course, leading up like the week before, but usually on like the day, um, on, on the day before the match, I'll sit down in the hotel room. Like when I get to the hotel and get all my stuff sorted out, we'll grab a gallon of water and I'll, with whoever I'm sharing or a gallon or two of water and whoever I'm sharing the room with, I'll say, all right, we're going to drink this by the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually... And like if I, if I'm peeing a lot overnight, that's fine. That's good because it means my body's already hydrated. Yeah. Um, and again, the but, day before, you know, talking about hydration, you know, stop by your Walmart or if you prefer Whole Foods or Trader Joe's, whatever you can find. I'll usually buy a case of water before a match just to leave in the car. Um, and again, this comes down to hydration too because if you're in the hotel room and they don't have any water there, you've got to pay five bucks for the mini bar for a bottle of water. It's always nice to just have a case of water uh, yep. throughout yeah. the weekend, even just to have in your car. So. Pre-match, you know, during the match if they don't have water there, and after the match as well. Yeah, I just like keeping. Uh, I go to Walmart, I just buy two gallons of their cheap Walmart brand, like mineral water, mm-hmm. and then just throw it in the fridge nice. um, overnight. Keeps it cool. Um, and then uh, I'll buy a third gallon just to drink through the through that day, through the day before. Um, and then I'll also, you know, I'll buy a bunch of Gatorades too, and I mm-hmm. drink at least one Gatorade before uh, on the day before. Yeah, to try and get your body loaded with electrolytes. Mm-hmm. If we're feeling fancy, we'll drink core water because that stuff's perfectly balanced water. <laughs> <laughs> no joke, guys. You should try it. It's pretty great. It, um, it tastes like alkaline filtered water. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then, you know, as the day comes to the close, you know, uh, don't eat too much for dinner and sleep the normal amount of sleep you usually get. Uh, you don't want to be oversleeping. You don't want to be undersleeping. Sometimes it's inevitable. For example, if you get there the day before you're actually shooting just because of travel restrictions, you might sleep five hours or whatnot. Or just from excitement, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just get, like, jittery before they go to sleep and they won't be able to sleep. Yeah. So, like, I always try and get to bed at least an hour early. Mm-hmm. Or, um, at least an hour earlier than I would like to be asleep. Um, just just to be sure my body has enough time to calm down. And I'll usually throw the TV on because mm-hmm. I watch TV every night before I go to sleep anyway. So, I'll throw the TV on before I go to sleep. And then that usually helps wind me down a lot. Yeah. And just a general theme you'll see throughout this podcast is consistency. We want to just keep everything as consistent as possible to your training routine, to how you shoot, to even how you live your daily day-to-day life when it comes to what you eat, how much you're sleeping, how much coffee you drink, etc. Yep. So going to the day of, um, so I guess where do you want to start for the day of? I guess there's a lot that usually goes on, right? Yeah. Well, let's start with breakfast. Uh-huh. Um, breakfast varies. Um, usually for most matches, I know you and I like to go to when we can. Um, I know with major matches, it's a little harder because of the early starts and lo- then general location. Mm-hmm. Um, we always try and hit up Chick-fil-A yeah. or get to get some uh, chicken burritos and some Greek yogurt with some coffee. Uh-huh. Um, but you, like, you don't want to eat too much for breakfast. I know like you, you want to have a filling breakfast, but you don't want to have a heavy breakfast. Mm-hmm. So you want to ki- kind of keep your body um, you know, decently light. You don't want to have too much stuff weighing you down in your stomach because it's not going to feel good when you start shooting an hour and a half later. Yeah. Um, even though like that's that's some time to digest, it's not going to be enough time to digest in my mm-hmm. experience. 
Um, otherwise, for hotel breakfasts, I, I like to say at Holiday Inns, I like their breakfast. Um, it's not the best. It's not the worst. Mm-hmm. They have good oatmeal, in my, in my opinion, and I eat a lot of oatmeal already, so I just eat a lot of oatmeal for there. Um, it's a good complex carb to keep your body um, sustained through the day. Um, and I'll just eat like you know a couple pieces of sausage, a couple pieces mm-hmm. of bacon, and then maybe if I'm feeling risky, like a pancake. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really pushing it. Yeah, and you know most continental breakfasts will also have bananas and whatnot. Yeah, definitely grab grab a few bananas to the range because the potassium is huge, and mm-hmm. like you can have a lot of salt, like sodium, through the through through the day um, in your body, but you need the potassium too. Yeah, and it's usually one of the first things to to leave your body too when it comes to you know. Whether you're hungover or if you've been out, you know, playing sports and you've been sweating a lot. Potassium is usually the, the one that leaves first. So, um, And then speaking about food as well, um, I usually avoid the match lunch. Uh, from my experience, the major match lunches are usually super carb heavy, super protein heavy. They're just heavy food. So usually we'll get a lot of barbecue out and about. But I try to stay away from it because what I, I've actually tried eating a full match lunch before. No. And I felt terrible. The, yep. uh, for the second half of the day. I felt really heavy, felt really sluggish, started getting stomach cramps throughout the day. Yep. Avoid overly salty foods because mm. overly salty foods and overly sugary foods will um, kind of put your body into shock. Yeah. And so this, you know, this really comes down to, you know, have good snacks throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me in particular, since I avoid the match lunch, I'll usually have beef jerky and chewy bars as my go-to. Uh, mostly beef jerky throughout the day and then chewy bars maybe once halfway through the first part of the day and then another one probably about halfway through the second just to get a little bit more sugar and some carbs in my body. Uh, yeah, I usually just eat almonds. I like almonds a lot. Um, I eat almonds every single day in the office pretty much mm-hmm. or at home. Um, so I, I always bring at least two pounds of almonds I have and it's usually the wasabi and the uh, the wasabi almonds and the sea salt almonds and I'll usually switch between those. Yeah, just keep um, that palate fresh, right? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just eat a, uh, I'll, I'll eat like a handful or two every stage, or I'll try to. And the nice part about the almonds are because not only are they salty, they're also very calorie dense. Um, a pound has like three thousand calories or something Holy. like that. So mm-hmm. um, they're they're very calorie dense foods, and they're very high uh, in, or decently high in salt mm-hmm. in both sodium and potassium. Um, I think potassium. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're dry, so they dehydrate your mouth, and which is it's going to want to make you drink. Mm-hmm. And you want to drink when you're outside shooting a major, especially since most majors during the season are over the summer mm-hmm. or over late spring. Um, and that's again, that's really important. Like you're not going to survive a match without water. Yeah, so I'm usually drinking about a bottle per stage. Um, yeah, that should be the minimum, really. Yeah, and that also means I'm peeing once per stage at least, and yeah, yep. that should be the minimum when it comes to these summer matches, especially. So. Yeah, and for sports drinks too, I like to cut Gatorade with water. Um, we just get the regular Gatorade blue, blue frost or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah. I'm really a big fan of fruit punch, but, uh, don't just drink Gatorade cause that'll also, yeah, we, we, we know, uh, we know someone who went through the misfortune of only drinking sports drinks and not any water. And he suffered in, you know, a little bit of a heat stroke on the way or by the end of the match. So mm-hmm. definitely you still need to drink a lot of water, not just sports drinks. Yeah. Um, but Gatorade, I like to cut it with a little water. All the sugar in the Gatorade makes my stomach turn. Yeah. So cut it with water. Take a 32-ounce bottle. I throw it in my 64-ounce Walmart Yeti. Mm-hmm. Fill the rest with cold water, and then I just call it good. Yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah, so moving on. So, like, actually for the day of the match, you know, you want to make sure you get there at the allotted time that your squad's supposed to be there. 
Um, but during the actual day, you know, this is the same for level ones as well. Um, make sure you're pasting, especially if it's not a staff paste match. Um, last thing you want to do is be the guy who's not pasting while other people are pasting very hard to make sure that the match is moving on time. Um, I know it usually takes some time to get your mags loaded and cleaning your mags after stages, so we recommend taking maybe about two shooters worth of time to brush your mags and load them as well. Yeah, and but really just to, <clears throat> and before you shoot, take whatever time you need to mentally prepare yourself to shoot the stage. If you have to, usually I don't start doing that until I'm the on deck shooter, mm -hmm. and like I'll sit down, I'll like collect myself, and like you know I'll close my eyes or whatever. I'll walk through my stage plan over and over and over again, mm -hmm. and or. And then, like, I'll try and like walk the stage um, a little bit while the shooter's still shooting, or this, or the, the uh, or while the other shooters are resetting the stage and they're scoring. But otherwise, I try and keep to myself before then. Don't let anything get in my head. Don't make any change of stage plans or anything, anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, that's really important too, because you just want to make sure what you want to do and what you were going to do, what you were planning to do, you're going to do. Yeah. Because if you start making a change of stage plan and start second guessing yourself, you're going to make a mistake, and yeah. you don't want to do that. So again, again, consistency is really where it's at. Yep, you want to stay consistent. Um, and again, you know, talking about you know walking the stages and doing your your imagery as well, especially when it's hot outside. Um, I've seen a lot of the the newer shooters like really running full speed throughout the five minutes for their walkthrough. It's going to tire you out by the time you're done with thirteen stages. Um, so take your time on it. But you know, you do also want to make sure during your walkthroughs that you're figuring out you know how many steps you got to take from one position to another at full speed. Uh, but don't go too hard on it um, if you don't have to. Again, you want to make sure that you're resting between the time that you're shooting because you're going to be out there for probably about 8 to 10 hours on a very hot day. So, you know, take your time, make sure you're hydrating, and uh, sit in the shade and rest when you can. Yep. And it's not like this isn't like football or soccer where you're constantly in motion. But, you know, you're instead of being out there for two hours, you're out there for, you know, 8 to 10 hours in a day. So you really have to, it's, it's more an endurance game than anything. As long as you can finish the match well without making many mistakes mm -hmm. um, and stay consistent, you're going to end up doing pretty well per your skill level. Um, but And you, you don't want to try and make anything, you know, happen, or you don't want to try and push yourself too much on one stage over another. Yeah. You, yeah. you want to play it safe for the entire match. Mm -hmm. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, another thing for the day of, uh, I know Keanu probably doesn't have this issue, but uh, usually around lunchtime... I'll break my gun down. I'll field strip it. <laughs> I definitely don't have that issue. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just wipe it down really fast with a paper towel. I'll re-lube my slide and uh, the real contacts on the frame. Um, and I'll also make sure I flip my shock buff. Again, my gun goes through shock buffs like crazy. And usually maybe about 300 to 400 rounds will start to balloon out a little bit. So what I've got to do is I've got to flip them so that it kind of gets back to spec. Um, but if you've got a finicky gun, you know. During your break time, make sure that everything's tight. You know, if you're running a frame uh, frame weight, make sure that your holster's in check. You know, do the type of maintenance you need to do because the last thing you want is to miss out on some of those things while you have some downtime to make sure that your gear's running for the rest of the day. Yep. And uh, speaking of gear, you also, if you have, um, I would also definitely check your holster and your mag pouches mm -hmm. um, as an equipment check like the day before or something like that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Because, like... You know, with the Alpha X mag pouches or whatever, or even like the holsters, there's a lot of stuff that goes into them. Mm -hmm. And you, so you just want to make sure everything's tight, everything's how you want it, everything's positioned how you want it. Yeah. So that way, when it comes to the match, you don't have uh, magazines flying off mm -hmm. or, or magazine pouches flying off, or you're not losing leaf springs or anything like that. So just double check all your equipment, just make sure. If you're not confident in your equipment, you're not going to, like, you're, you're going to have issues during the match. Yeah. So you want to be 100% confident in all of your equipment. 
Yep, you want to just be focusing on the shooting and nothing else. Yep. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. I know this is a little bit rough um, being our first podcast and all, but it will get better, we promise. Um, But for the meantime, thank you for listening to the CSRG podcast. I'm Keanu. And I'm Chris. And shoot well. We'll see you on the range.